G'day and welcome to another episode of Perth Property Insider. I'm your host, Jared Mann, and today we're going into whether we're going to fall off a interest rate cliff or whether all of this talk of interest rates coming off of their fixed uh, periods is anything to be concerned about or not. So got an expert in the finance space who's from Perth, Nick Aves from Purely Finance Along, and I'm really excited to pull this apart and take a deep dive with Nick. So let's go inside. Welcome to Perth Property Insider, where you will learn how to grow your wealth and improve your life using Perth property. Our show is brought to you by Investors Edge Real Estate, the highly rated and award-winning property management specialist servicing the whole of Perth. Now, here is your host, Jared Mann. Hey, Nick. Thanks for joining us to cut through all the crazy media headlines at the moment to do with this fixed rate cliff. Seems to be everywhere, doesn't it? Yes, it certainly is everywhere. It's certainly in my inbox, Jared. I can assure you that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so how are we going to fall off the the cliff, Nick? We're going to cover that today, so... Yes, get your get your ropes ready, <laughs> get your chalk on, because we're yep. going climbing. <laughs> Good one. So what is this fixed rate cliff for those that are not sure what's behind it all? Yeah, what it is, is obviously we saw interest rates come down to unprecedented low levels. And I think a lot of people that would have been seeing a mortgage broker to get a home loan going back over the last few years, the brokers have been talking to them about how low these rates are, and it was potentially something that borrowers should really consider is to lock in most of their loan onto a very low interest rate. So, so a lot of people that took out loans in the last two, three years were fixing in all, or in most cases, part of their home loan or investment loan to take advantage of these once in a, I don't know, multi-lifetime opportunity to fix these interest rates at a low rate. So historically, at the moment, there's more fixed rates in Australia than there's ever been at any other time. And of course, with fixed rates, at some stage, they end. And when they end, uh, you've got to pay what the rate is today, which is a lot higher than what it was back then. Well, people have had it pretty good, haven't they, Uh, when you consider that all of us on variable rates have been uh, going through these roller coasters each month as the RBA you know, tells us their latest decision. I know. Well, I, I don't think my post has ever been as busy as he's been because every, yes. every month I, said, get, I get multiple letters from multiple Yes, they love sending these things. going up on all my loans. So, yes, <laughs> it's been very sobering. <laughs> they seem to be spending as much on postage as they are on, uh, you know, getting getting extra interest from people. So. Yeah, I know. It's full on. I mean, every that's why I'm getting text messages, I'm getting emails, I'm getting... Um, letters on all, on all my loans so uh, yeah. i'm sure everybody else's as well who's on a variable rate so and of course nobody likes to see their repayments go up so it, you know in all seriousness it's it's yep. not good times for people who have, who have borrowings yeah yeah we don't like seeing those letters in the mail at all <laughs> no. so, yeah, yeah. what sort but of percentage what... of people um are we talking about that are coming off of rates this year because i think you might have seen the sunday times on the weekend going with a rather sensationalist headline where they said, you know, 45 or 55%, but they didn't say of what. And I think yeah. when you read in the fine print, it was actually of fixed rate borrowers coming off, but not of total borrowers. So yeah, 
What's the so actual think, sort of number looking like? Yeah, I think there was, I mean, it's hard to know exactly, right? But there were some figures that the Reserve Bank put out in October. And at that time, I, they said 35% of all home loan lending was fixed at that particular time. And I think of that, there's about, um, about three quarters of it is coming off fixed either this year. Um, and April seems to be when it's going to be starting the most and into next year. So what that, that means is of all the mortgages in Australia, if you sort of work those figures back, it's about 23% of all mortgages that are coming off fixed rates over the next 12 months or so. Okay. Yeah. So we're really just starting to see that ramp up. I think starting this month, there's a bit more lending when we trace back two years ago, wasn't it? The, the market was sort of hitting its peak two years yeah. ago or starting to pick up activity and yeah so it was really yeah yeah that's right so it was, i mean we really started to see an increase which was really strange nobody saw it coming or forecast it was yeah. you know the covid started really in the lockdowns it's when huge amount of um activity took off then so yeah so i think the month they're saying is that most of the pain will sort of come through in about april uh, from april 2023 and that's for people that were on two-year fixed rate loans so a lot of those entered into a two-year fixed rate, and two years tended to have some really good specials come out for rates. Oh, yeah. A lot of borrowers were tempted to go into this two-year fixed. We certainly had a lot of clients that we had that went into three years, and there were some, I think the best I saw was with ING Bank on a home loan, it was about 1.99 for four years. So we sort of got quite a few clients locked into that. So they're still sitting pretty for another at least another 12 months. Yeah, um, but yeah, but certainly there's a lot coming out from April. So when we look at average loan sizes throughout Australia, and you know what's what was the sort of typical? How did loans look around that April twenty one when most people fixed, and how yeah, might so, they look today? Because that'll give us a bit of a feeling, won't it? Yeah. So look, I think the rates were look, the the average size home loan in Australia. I think was just under $540,000, so about $538,000 or something. Obviously, it depends on the state you're in. Uh, in Western Australia, a lot of the people that were buying were first home buyers, so in Western Australia, their home loans could have been less than that. Um, I imagine if we we're in New South Wales, Sydney, they could be a lot higher than that, but the average was around about $538,000. And Back then, those two-year rates that people were jumping into were just under 2%. So, you know, people were seeing these rates with one in front of them, which was unbelievable. When you yeah, now look at rates today, you sort of think, wow, that's just, you know, it was a blip. <laughs> a blip <laughs> on the timeline and it just seems unbelievable. But yes, so some people were tempted on those two-year rates, sort of high ones, 1.9, 1.98, somewhere around there, 1.99, and fixed in. So a ref- Payment on that average size loan back in the day would have been, uh, I reckon, about close to $2,000 a month. And when it comes out, if we sort of look at where rates are today, that's going to be sort of on 3000 So it's going to be a, a, a jump of just over $1,000 a month mm. to the people. Yeah. And I guess that can be. A, yeah. And I guess, yeah, 12000 is nothing to sneeze at on the average incomes and. You know, that's the difference of you taking a nice holiday or not compared to previously if you're not used to it. So that's right. Yeah. And if it you know, if it's owner occupied debt, that's you know, that's after tax dollars that you're sort of you having to earn a fair bit of money to come up with that twelve thousand dollars after tax, don't you? So then 
So, and and you can see why they, you know, that's I suppose the aim is to take the money out of the economy to try and quell this this inflation. Uh, you know, we get political and talk about all that, but it's probably no, that's one of the reasons they're doing it, isn't it? Yeah, that's the reason they're doing it. But then you sort of wonder if, if that's the reason for the inflation with all the yeah. stuff that's gone on with COVID and all that sort of stuff. But anyway, yeah. And I guess when loans were originally assessed, we have that safety buffer of three odd percent. So we're starting to get to where that buffer allowed for now. And how does that kind of fit into things? I guess at least people have been, you know, tested at that percentage back yeah. Back yeah. when, so they technically probably can afford it, but yeah. So there's a so there's a couple of I suppose there's a couple of things to think about there. So yes, the banks had to put in a buffer of three percent. It used to be two and a half, think increased to three percent back when we we're talking. So the banks were saying, look, if interest rates go three percent above, can the client still afford the repayment? They also have they also look at clients' living expenses. So some clients are very frugal and can live quite with quite low expenses and some spend more, right? And it tends to be the more you earn, the more you spend. So they're, they're on a, they're assessed as well and the banks have minimums. So there's two things that's happening to people. One is that interest rates are going up. And yes, you're right. I mean, interest rates have gone up 3.35%. So technically we're slightly over that, slightly over that buffer, but also the living expenses have gone up. So yeah, if somebody yeah. was borrowing their absolute maximum they could borrow on their income back when they took these loans out. Technically, now they would be they would beyond be struggling. What the bank yeah. was yeah, assessing yeah. Because, them up. because the living expenses have gone up and the interest rates have gone up slightly above what they were paying. So that's where it's a little bit scary for people. Hmm. And I guess Hopefully, the challenge now, as well as you know, if someone does need to refinance, the banks aren't they still assessing it on that three percent? So correct, and it's yeah. from today onwards. Yeah. So there's been a lot of talk about uh, more yeah. particularly on the East Coast, and they're talking about, in the press, they're talking about valuations. So if you've lost the equity in your property because you bought at the peak and the market's come off, yeah. and if you only had, a, I'll say, a 10% deposit and the market's come off 10%, you could be 100% borrowed now, so you can't refinance. But even people that have got good equity, and if, if you're in the West Coast where we don't seem to have had any downside that I've seen yet, no. you could still be a mortgage prison because you're quite right. Because where we were assessing the loan, say, at an interest rate of 2%, and we were working out if you could afford the loan at 5%, plus the living expenses now, now if you were refinancing a loan and the interest rate might be 5%, can you afford it at 8%? So the 3% buffer is still remaining today. Damn. So it's that much more difficult to be able to meet servicing guidelines. So again, if you if you have low debt level or high income, um, that may not be an issue for you, but for a lot of people it will be. And I think the thing that's probably the scariest is people that, uh, and, it, and it often tends to be people who are buying their first home, if they've sort of borrowed the maximum they possibly can, and now something else has happened in their life, so maybe you know they're starting a family or something like that, so they've gone from two full-time incomes to one and a half incomes or something like that, couple that to interest rate rises and cost of living expenses, you can understand yeah. why they can't afford it. There has been some wages growth and it's been in the press at the moment, so yeah. they're not keeping up with the cost of living. Um, so that may offset some people. Yeah. And obviously we've seen an increase in rental 
uh, income for, for property investors. So that's not yeah, upsetting. Yeah, rents well. went up 30, yeah. 25, 30-odd percent. Yeah. And still likely to keep going up at least another probably 10% over the next year. Yeah. If not more. Yeah, it's a real crisis. I mean, you're seeing yeah. the, the side of that as well, which is really difficult for people to try yes. or almost impossible for people to try and find a rental property. So that's, it's not an ideal situation anywhere. Really. No. <laughs> So I guess all the people that were on variable, myself included, have kind of already, we've had these adjustments as we go. Is there any sort of learnings for what might be ahead for these people that were on fixed as to how the rest of us have been handling it? Yeah, look, I think, I mean, there is some statistics and stuff on that, but so far what the banks are saying is that arrears are extremely low, historically low. So it would appear at the moment that people on variable rates, which is most people, are handling the increases and able to make the mortgage payments at the moment. I suppose the question is, uh, how have they been doing that? Have they been yeah. using savings? Have they been using redraw money and offsets? Have they been cutting back on other things? And I imagine there'll be some cutting back coming. So, uh, you know, I still think as, as a whole, the mortgage industry is still fairly con- is still fairly comfortable. The banks, as you know, it hasn't been easy to borrow money in the last number of years. And, you know, people involved in lending do look at people's living expenses. They are looking for private school fees and gym memberships, and they take all that into account with living expenses. The loans have been assessed at 3% higher. And even though we have seen interest rates increase significantly, and we have seen cost of living increase significantly, life before was pretty good. People, you know, going out and they've got multiple streaming services and lots of coffees being purchased and all that sort of thing. And so, you know, maybe we are in for a slightly more difficult period where, you know, we need to take our lunch from home rather than buy our lunch and stuff like that. But I suppose all this stuff is related, right? So Damn. that's no, that's no good if you're on a lunch bar, you know, but, but if, yeah. if you're somebody who's going to work every day, you can, you know, you can get your coffee at home and you can take your lunch and, spend less on the weekend and maybe not go out and make your mortgage payments. And and history shows that most people do whatever they need to do to make their mortgage payments. So I have heard stories of people getting a part-time job and, you know, a little bit extra or doing some Uber Eats or a bit of Uber driving or whatever just to bring in a little bit extra money just to keep things ticking along. So I don't think we're going to see mass mortgage sales. I think there's going to be lots of people who are going to struggle. Um, but that's often the case. Um, yeah. But I think most people will will suck it up, really, and, and carry on. They don't really have a choice. Yeah. And if the, I guess, the variable rate holders seem to be coping by all measures, and I saw one stat the other day that around 15% of savings are still getting put in offset. All these stats lag, so the trouble is that, you know, the data's probably three months old to December anyway. Um, but at least that's an encouraging sign um, that people are still managing to put some extra savings away on the average. And there's always people at the, the harder ends of the spectrum that saving would be a dream that they've lost. When, yes. So, um, but at least that's encouraging that it, on the average, people are still managing to put money in offset. Yeah. Um, but I, I think most people, when they were taking out the loans and interest rates were low, you know, a lot of the comments we were getting back from our clients from first-time buyers was, wow, that's just what I'm paying in rent. 
So they were always intending to start their loan repayments on their variable split by paying extra and could easily do so at that time. So, and again, speaking from a Perth perspective, it was quite interesting because a lot of the first home buyers who were coming in to see us and even second home buyers upgrading, it was very rare where somebody would be borrowing anywhere close to their maximum borrowing capacity. Yeah, that's uh, good. People, you know, people would come in and you'd do the numbers and you'd say, well, based on your income, you can borrow $1.2 million. And they would almost fall off the chair. I mean, that, you know, they were looking at borrowing 400000 So it was massively under. Um, where it gets more challenging is for investors who who have a lot more debt across, you know, a lot more properties. So that once we start factoring those 3% affordability rates um, across their whole portfolio, then it gets challenging uh, to, yeah. be able to afford the level of debt that they want. But yeah, so I think in, in WA, sure, there'll be some, but most, I think, there's a lot of capacity still. And yeah. we were lucky because our interest, you know, because our incomes are pretty good and our real estate was very cheap. Yeah. And I guess our rental yields are also one of the highest in the country too. That so that helps investors yeah. hold things. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. <clears throat> so variable rates look like they're probably going to still keep rising for a, a while. What's your take on that? And is there any decrease on the horizon or is that too early to say? Oh, look, I think, I mean, all the economists are speculating and running opinions. Obviously, the Reserve Bank's under a lot of pressure at the moment. It's um, Yeah, something getting but, grilled the other day in the Senate. Oh, no, absolutely. It's, it's, yeah. Um, yeah, so they're I think uh, Rob Lowe yeah. might be losing his job soon. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if his contract will be renewed, but I think, um, you know, that shouldn't, impact their decision and what the Reserve Bank has come out and said is, look, we will do what we need to do to to kill inflation. And what they're saying is, yeah, look, your mortgage payments might be going up, but if we don't attack inflation, everything goes up, right? So you're going to be a lot worse. As as, as untenable as interest rates going up and your mortgage going up, it's not nice, it's good. It's one thing. But inflation is everything, man. You don't want yeah. killer inflation, it will kill you. So, so there's a lot of emotion about your mortgage going up but in some ways you can understand why they're doing it um i think government can do other things as well but that's another conversation but yeah. i think uh, but what he said was we expect another couple of rate rises in his, his last rate announcement uh for february so if you look at that maybe another 0.25 in march maybe another 0.25 in april today there was some encouraging figures in relation to inflation and that was that the economy Growth expectations were came in for December and they were less than what anybody expected. So that sort of shows that the economy is having a pause. And I certainly know speaking to people in business, business confidence is at a real low. I mean, businesses don't like the uncertainty of rate rises and worried about what the consumer is going to be doing and talk of recession. Businesses are really worried. So maybe that is a good thing for interest rates and possibly that may mean that the Reserve Bank has a slightly different outcome, but I don't know. Um, a lot of the economists though, have come out and said, look, we really think these interest rates are going to bite hard. The economy is going to slow pretty quickly, and that's going to lead to rate reductions. And some mm. of the banks, I think Commonwealth Bank has come out and said they expect later this year for rate reductions to start, and there could be four of them. So so who knows? You know, We could yeah. be sort of peaking and then coming back down again. So I suppose what that means is 
fixing at the moment is possibly not the answer. You know, it's sort of no. like maybe continuing on with the variable rate uh, unless you absolutely need that certainty. So variable rates for home loans at the moment, if you've got a 20% deposit, they're still available under 5%. I think some of the lowest are in the 4.8. And for investment properties in the low five, sort of 5.18, 5.2, something like that for investment properties. And if you look at the fixed rate, three-year owner occupies are sort of 5.44. From there, five years is 5.67. So they're still a fair bit higher than the rates. And on investment, you sort of 5.6 for three years, maybe 6% for five years. So if the economists are right and interest rates are peaking and then going to come back down, you may be better off just hanging there for variable, but it's, it's hard to know. Yeah. And I just guess it just is a good reminder that, you know, even if we go higher, it's not a forever thing. And even interest rates move through their own cycles as well. And, and I guess with so many people being on interest only now, after they've come out of fixed rates, you'd have to imagine that soon we'll have one of the highest percentages of of interest only and so at least more people will potentially benefit when it does start coming back the other way so they won't be locked into the higher rates most people won't lock in again yeah and i suppose the thing is with interest rates i mean we're sort of back to where we were in 2012 but sort of five percent for a home loan is still not that bad sort of i don't know before 2012 we had a little drop but before that they were significantly higher than that so yeah i sort of think everybody kept saying these are emergency level interest rates to stimulate the economy we had the gfc and then bang we had COVID. you know everybody kept saying these are emergency to stimulate the economy and they will come back to normal levels so i sort of feel we are sort of back to sort of more normal levels at the moment i certainly wouldn't want to see them go any higher and i think they've been too quick but you know, five percent's not too bad if you sort of factor in, you sort of do your sums on capital growth and returns on investment properties and stuff like that. You know, you should be able to make it work on, on those sort of numbers, you'd think. So, yeah, I suppose it's just coming to terms with that to some degree. Yeah, I've certainly noticed that when interest rates started increasing, there was that initial shock factor and everyone was like, oh, I'm going to pause and just hold my search. And I had heaps of people at home opens, but not people, many people offering. Now people seem to have digested it and that seems to be, you know, normalised again. But there are certainly those that the more this continues that are are pausing, starting to pause again too. So yeah. it just depends where you sit on that spectrum with it yeah. might mean still buying a house, but some people are like, Oh, I'm gonna, you know, reduce my budget now. Um yeah. go for a bit yeah. lower. Well, I certainly think that reduced budget is, is a real thing because people's borrowing capacity will reduce and also the cost mm. of the mortgage, you know, so people can, people still want to live. So yeah, they have a, a number in their mind that they can sort of comfortably afford for a fortnight or for a week or for a month. Yeah. And they sort of work that back and they go, okay, well, that, you know, that used to be a loan of 600 and now it's a loan of 400 or, or, or whatever it is. So that means people start to look in a different income bracket. But there's still plenty of people with plenty of money, right? So there's still people for every bracket, I think. But being on the ground in Perth and looking around and dealing with clients who try and look for properties, it, it's still just the lack of supply, Jared. Yeah. You know, it's just... No like choice. Think, so, yeah, yeah, why do you I even think, go and sell your house then if you can't find a yeah. house to move into? Yeah, and people get... I mean, you can't rent in the meantime, so... 
You know, that, what well, do you do? Well, that's a real, that's a real conundrum, isn't it? I mean, yeah. nobody wants to be homeless. It, it doesn't seem to matter if you've got a good job, good income, a good financial balance sheet. If there's no rental property, I mean, you're going to end up crashing with somebody or living in your car, yeah. regardless if you've got a job or not. So nobody wants that. So I think a lot of people are just going, oh, oh, oh it's all a bit hard. We'll just stay where we are. <laughs> yeah. So. A lot of tenants are certainly doing that. We'd normally have, you know, 45, 50 properties for rent at a time and we've got five to 10 at a time at the moment now. So, so that's, that's it's crazy. So yeah. That's unbelievable. Yeah. And the other thing that I'm seeing, and I don't know whether you have seen this on your side, is that I've sold 15 on properties over the last three months and I've sold six of them to buyers with cash. And they were, they didn't use a loan at all. And most of them were retirees downsizing. And, and normally in a whole year, I might see one or two cash sales so yeah you know over 50 percent in a three-month period i don't know the exact reason why but i suspect that people are just making the decision to downsize reduce their overall costs on the property as well as the you know if they might have a remaining little loan on their larger house it's like i'm going to get rid of all loans i'm going to go down to just straight cash and all these people seem to have sold their houses before they're coming to me and they're not making it subject to sale or anything that it's just a clean offer with stronger negotiating power and that's been really eye-opening and different so that's, like, that's fantastic if you're a real estate agent not so good if you're a mortgage broker mate. Yeah, I'm, I'm sorry about that <laughs> yes my yeah. owners have been happy with the cash 30-day settlements <laughs> yeah yeah look potentially that i mean i suppose also we you know, there are some, there's been some changes with legislation that you can downsize and put money into super. Um, mm. So that's on people's minds. So it's also if you end up with some cash and putting it in the bank, it's actually worth like now. You're getting a return on it. Like before, cash was worth really nothing, was it? I mean, put it in the bank and you get nothing on it. So yeah. I don't know if that's factoring into it. But yeah, maybe people are deleveraging a little bit, like you said, you know. Yeah. You know, in certain times, costs of um, funds going up. If you're right, if they've sort of retired and they had a, uh, a bit of a residual debt it wasn't really costing them much to sort of serve that once now it is maybe it's time to get rid of that and clear the debt Boom. Could, could be a number of reasons yeah interesting though i'm certainly i just had another thought that i i have been selling quite a few people's investment properties that are preparing for retirement and they've just sort of decided well now's the time and that could be where they're also getting the cash from sell out sell a couple of your your yeah. You know, investment properties that are not as wanted, or you don't want to carry them through to the next phase of your retirement, and then you've got some cash to go and buy a downsized family home, so that you don't have to then sell your family home until you've got the new place bought, and then you can move from one to the other without a subject to sale. And that I've yeah. just kind of linked the two pieces together because, yeah, a lot of the fifteen properties I'm selling are for those people that are transitioning to that next phase. Yeah, well, that's exactly right. And I suppose that's always a, an interesting question. When's the best time to sell a, a property when you're approaching retirement? That's probably yeah. could be a good, a good topic for a podcast. But you're right. I think people have, you know, obviously in the Perth market, they, if they've been in for a while, they would have seen some growth and then they would have seen some negative drops and now they've seen some good growth again. And now with interest rates going up and that sort of stuff, they sort of might feel, okay, look, there's a bit of uncertainty. Maybe now we do cash in. Uh, we take the equity off the table, pay out the debt, and set ourselves up for retirement. And that was always the, the plan with these investment properties. Yeah. So, so that you can sort of see why people would be doing that. It makes sense. Yeah, for sure. 
So I guess worst case, if someone had to sell, is there any stats on what the typical equity is looking like across Australia at the yeah. moment? Because I think there is some stats in relation to that. A lot of people bought properties had reasonable deposits, and obviously, over the last two years, there has been some some pretty good growth, depending on where you're located in the country. Fair. And in some places in the country, they've come back a bit. Some of the stats I've heard thrown around though is that. Some of the properties that have come back a bit more are the more expensive properties. So you often those really expensive properties, we're talking, you know, well over a million dollars, they're either cash buyers or sort of very low loan to value ratios. So that wouldn't really be a factor. And in the first home buyer space, it seems to be um, the prices are stacking up quite well. I think stats, I don't know if I've got actual stats. I do have some notes here, Gerald, I can have a quick look at in relation to that. I think the Reserve Bank did bring something out and they were saying large deposits were quite a factor in it and they were saying only 0.5% of all home loans were in negative equity. Oh, yeah. So very, basically very nothing. Very small equity, yeah. They say if homes would fall another 10%, that would rise to about 1% of all home loans. Okay, well, so, so not much one, flows through. Well, it's 1% of all home loans and then yeah. of those where they have got the negative equity... Obviously, something else has to happen for them to want to sell. So it doesn't mean, say, all those are going to sell, right? So it's only yeah, exactly. that 1%. So it's a percentage of the 1%. So it is, you know, it is quite small from a statistical basis. I mean, if you're one of those people, it's not small at all, of course. No. Um, but I think as far as the overall market, I don't think we're going to see any real flow on effect to affecting values or anything else from, from that. I mean, I guess that's why it can take such a long time to show up and to flow through, especially when you count savings in people's bank accounts, you know, changing and reducing their spending, getting the other jobs, etc. By the time they finally hit exit, I have to get out of this property. It could be 6, 12, 18, who knows how long. Obviously, people are going to pay their loans before they, um, you know, pay their takeout for the week. So there's a lot of changes that people can hopefully make before yeah. they get to that place. I mean, I think the big thing is how the economy goes overall because what we want to do is stop inflation, but we don't want to kill the economy. I mean, if Yeah, I know. Well, it's, it's very hard if, mix, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. And on one hand, we want low unemployment. But on the other yeah. hand, we don't want inflation. So Yeah, I know. But if they go too hard and they push the country into recession, well, then that's when you'll see real damage flowing through to all sectors because mm. people lose their jobs in recessions and no job, no income, you know, you have to sell, right? So particularly it's not easy. But what we have seen, you know, going back, if we talk about since these rates were low, is we've seen, you know, just real struggles for employers to find employees. So, yeah. And we've definitely... Well, it's hard seen, to operate a business when you yeah. can't find staff. Thankfully, yeah. this time um, we just recruited for a new property manager to add our ninth portfolio due to growth. And Last time I had to pay recruiters to headhunt and I had to, um, it took us ages and that was probably two years ago, a uh, year and a half ago when we last hired. Um, and now at least this time there was a few more applicants and we had some real quality to choose from and we found someone excellent. So I'm excited. She's just started and oh, getting up to speed. So, but it was nice as a employer to actually have some, not, you know, have some choices and to have a few more applicants in the yeah. mix and i don't know if, obviously every industry is going to be different but you just you don't you know what it's a grow we need those uh p 
people that want jobs as well. And, and, but then when we get more migrants and other people coming in, we're going to, that all feeds back around again, doesn't it? And makes the rental yeah. crisis harder. And so, yeah, look, we, I mean, we get stats on our portfolio. We've, you know, we've got a big portfolio of loans. We've been going for a long time and mm, that'd be interesting. You know, hardly any, any in arrears. You know, if they are, it's often a technical thing where the payment's just on the wrong day or something like that. So there's no hardship from our client base. I know certainly nobody we've lost their job and can't find a job or anything like that. People that have had to move jobs for whatever reason seem to be able to pick up really quick at the moment. So that's yeah. good. But that's, you know, that's that knife edge. And that's what the, I think the Reserve Bank talked about walking down a very narrow, narrow corridor that, you know, that, that, they don't want to go too far one way and throw us into recession, but they don't want to go too far the other way and see inflation take off. So it's it's a very narrow path they're on and they need to try and keep on. Yeah. Yeah. Well, on that note, it'll be an interesting year ahead and we'll have to catch up again soon when we see a few more things develop. And thanks for your time today, Nick. No worries, Jan. Absolute pleasure. Take care. Bye. Yes, mate. Just a reminder, the information discussed in this podcast is general in nature. As we don't know your specific situation, you should always seek professional advice before taking any action. For free market reports on your suburbs of interest and other helpful resources to grow your wealth, make sure you join my property investor update at investorsedge.com.au slash join. And finally, make sure you're a member of our Perth Property Investment Facebook group to be part of the conversation with other like-minded investors get help to your questions, and get a feel for what's going on out there in the market. I'll see you in the group.